Good morning, it's Kamala, and I'm so excited to launch this podcast today because I have a guest here. He is somebody who specializes in fitness, building confidence, and also relationships. His name is Gavin Meenan, and he is here live with me. How are you doing, Gavin? Very well. I'm on my third cup of coffee today, so I am <laughs> buzzing. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, uh, it's, it's not nine a.m. here by the way it's 2 p.m. so just in case you're wondering if I've had three cups of coffee before 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah that's but, like going strong if you had three cups of coffee before 9 a.m. right yeah, yeah I've got some serious issues if that's the case but uh, yeah I'm very well delighted well, to be here absolutely honored thank you I love it you know you you say I've got some serious issues well guess what we've all got issues people and that's what we're here to do is to really talk about how to step up and how to resolve challenges in our lives in positive ways that help expand our soul. And part of the reason why I was like drawn to your content is because you really speak to your audience, which happens to be, I would guess, majority men. Correct. <laughs> which really speaks about stepping into masculinity. And I think that this is a really important piece for men today to step into masculinity and to really own that divine masculine energy. I actually am going to confess something to you before I jumped on to this live, this, this podcast interview with you, I went to your Instagram account. Okay. You've got like over 20,000 followers there, which is phenomenal. And I scrolled all 3000 of your posts. You are legit, like an original Instagrammer. You, do you, do you know what your very first Instagram post is? something brutal uh, probably a, a photo a photo of a piece of bread or something probably. very close very close your very first instagram post is in 2013 and it is a, a jar of peanut butter it is a jar of cashew butter <laughs> and a jar of almond butter okay yeah. what the what the what the caption going nuts isn't it <laughs> yeah i think so did you know that already or do you remember I, that i think i scroll back a year or two ago to see what the original or my original post was as, as you know it takes a bit of time to get right down to the bottom of over 3,000 posts but I, I was wow yeah I've you know that's it's there's something there too like it's important to reflect back on how far you've come not just on Instagram of course but in, in life in general and understand the progress you've made that will then give you the incentive to keep driving forward so yeah that's a clear indication like using using uh, my Instagram as reflection in terms of my journey there and also my journey from where it was at that point you know that's yeah. 2013 that was a very very different place there and some of those experiences are reflective on on the posts as well through Instagram but over the years I've been putting myself out there a lot more and speaking about some of those struggles which has resonated with a lot of men out there in particular so yeah well, I also think that having, like, I think like for me, I'm an integrative health coach, right? I like something I don't really talk about that much. I'm like a certified yoga instructor, but I think that having that, that foundation of health is so critical for actually being able to develop healthier relationships in many cases so that you can stand in your power so that you can claim the sort of life that you are determined to live. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I find it really interesting that you went from being focused on being like a fitness instructor, like a fitness trainer. And it's like, I think that you, this is my impression at least that you started to work with so many clients that like you realize that it really, what this transformation that you were coaching people through was actually for me, because I'm a psychic medium and I come from the more woo woo, uh, like <laughs> perspective, but you were really coaching people on their spirit, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah there was there's there's a few elements of that well, first of all understanding that i didn't simply go from years of studying in college and obtaining a couple of degrees in in sports science and sports and sports and business to then go straight into working in that field and becoming a personal trainer i came out of college in the middle of the recession so i wasn't able to gain a job in that industry it was probably the industry that was, it was just very very difficult to get in there so i went through a process of numerous interviews here there and everywhere with with gyms leisure centers and even into recruitment i was getting to the point where i was 
willing to take whatever I could get at that point. So anyway, long story short, I started as a manager actually in a retail store, a sports retailer here in Ireland, one of the biggest ones here in Ireland and spent over two years working with them. But I was going from store to store. I was uh, being transferred from store to store because I didn't like where I originally was located and I was looking to get closer to home. Anyway, I was made redundant from that position. Uh, Two months after my baby daughter was born, I think. So that was that was a tough time in my life because I've been working since I was 13 years of age and work was really high on the value ladder with my family. My dad was a workaholic, is a workaholic. He's still he's still working at 70 years of age. And that was ingrained in me in terms of like like work is really important. You've got to go out there, you've got to provide. And if you're not doing that, then you have no worth in the world. You don't feel um, adequate. And I went through a process then of over a year, ultimately, of being a stay-at-home dad for my baby daughter at the time. And I certainly lost my way during that that period of time. And as, as I said, it wasn't a simple case of me leaving that job and then go straight into become a personal trainer because it was what I ultimately did best at that point. So... Over the course of the year, things got increasingly more difficult. I was getting lost and I was delving into porn an awful lot. Porn became a real addiction in my life and an escapism from my unsatisfactory reality. So, and I decided to go back to college to study social care. I said, okay, I'll go and I'll do social care because I like working with people and also, there is a big demand for men in this line of work. So I'll be guaranteed a job after a couple of years in college. Whilst at the same time, I started to start on a, a little side number of personal training people. And I, I basically started off as a hobby. That wasn't going to be my main priority. My main priority was to work with um, individuals in the social care field and to pursue a career there. However, the more I pursued with the personal training side of things, the more that grew. And it got to the point where I felt like, you know what, I I could actually, I could actually develop a career in this and I can go somewhere with this. So I left college and I put all my time and energy into the, into personal training. That was all on a one-to-one basis. And yes, it wasn't just a matter of, coaching people or helping people improve their health and their fitness. A lot of people came to me with very difficult background stories and their struggles. And I, and I welcomed that in, I invited it in. However, throughout that process as well, I had many underlying issues and struggles that I was unaware of at the time. As I said, I had an addiction to porn that just didn't go away overnight. As soon as I, became somewhat successful with the business. The porn was still there. I had this feeling of emptiness or feeling like I was lacking something in my life for a long, long period of my life. So throughout that process of helping people transform their health and fitness and their mindset, I was also going through that process myself in terms of understanding myself better and what's going on within me. So ultimately what happened there was I remember leaving the gym one, one, one evening <clears throat> and I was sitting in my car and this was a few mon- minutes of silence or a few minutes of distraction-free time that I had after I finished work in the gym. Understanding too is that this is something I'd always, always been avoiding for a long time in my life is periods of silence. And the reason that is is because emotions and feelings would come up in those moments which were too difficult for me to comprehend or to make sense of or to or to simply be with however the accumulation of all those emotions and feelings got to the point where i sit in my car that that one evening became all too much and i just felt this weight come over me and this dark cloud come over me and 
I sat there and thinking, okay, shit, what is, what's going on here? Um, I need, I need help. So after a few moments of very difficult emotions and feelings, reached my phone and I went onto Google and I said, okay, I need, I need to do something about this. And I reached out to a, a counselor and started going through a process of counseling for over a year. And the, the parts, that part that I leave out here in terms of what was going on within and what those emotions and feelings were associated to was an experience that I had at 18 years of age where I took my dad's car after my first every week in college, I came back on a Thursday evening. Some of my friends hadn't started college already, so I was back home, picked them up, went for a drive. This is something we did on a regular basis, and I was about to turn back home. There was myself and three other my, three of my friends in the car, and I crashed the car. Hit, hit another car that was coming in an opposite direction. And the lady in the in the oncoming car she she died on the on the scene so that was a very significant experience in my life and it was something that i had parked far too soon and tried to move on from far too soon without dealing with it so understanding that this happened on a thursday went through the worst ever days of my life for the next few days with wakes and funerals and uh, being told that i was going to be convicted for dangerous driving causing death i was 18 years of age about to start my new life at a new college with new friends and new experiences and i had this to deal with them i'm not saying this from a victim mentality point of view, but that's just what, what was happening at this point. So my whole life just shut down at that point. However, as well as that, my parents, the, the police, people that were there supporting me, what they felt was best for me to do at that point was to get back to quote-unquote normal life as soon as possible. And as I said, that happened on a Thursday on Tuesday, I was back in college trying to live this normal life again. And on reflection, what I did there or what I was perhaps encouraged to do there was to escape, was to run away from the problem, run away from the pain. I, of course, I ran away from the environment, but without being the environment, there wasn't the constant reminders as to what happened. When I was in college, I was distracted with my friends. I was distracted. I didn't give a shit about the college course. I was had no interest in it at that point because I had too much going on. I was, however, very interested in drinking a lot. And that became a thing for three, four years afterwards. I drank really heavy and would have regular blackouts and a night out. Uh, and I would describe my relationship with alcohol at that point as being very aggressive i've i've posted some some content on that on my tiktok and my socials about times when i i was abusing the alcohol and using abusing the alcohol to use it to escape from the difficulties of the of the pain and emotions associated with this experience so regular blackouts and not even questioning why i was doing it or just ex justifying it because i was young and free and i was just having a bit of fun but there was more to it than that because my approach as i said was very aggressive i would not that i would get aggressive when i was drinking sometimes that would happen however when it came to alcohol my approach was i'm gonna drink as much as i possibly can tonight i don't give a shit what happens to me if i wake up tomorrow morning great if i don't wake up tomorrow morning fucking big deal anyway um so i had this very i hated myself ultimately so and i hated myself because of what i'd done and this followed through for over 10 years of my life until i sat in that car and it became too much the guilt the the pain the feelings 
that were all associated with that experience just came down on top of me in the car that evening. And that's when I reached out for the first time ever to speak to someone about it. This is something I've been, something I've been ignoring for such a long period of my life. The alcohol, I sort of moved away from after college and I, I, I made a conscious decision to myself to, you know what, I'm done with college now. I'm going to get on the career ladder. I'm going to sort my life out, you know, follow the societal norms, most likely in terms of get on the career ladder, start making some money, start settling down, you know, start living your life and start take take things a bit more serious. Because you have to understand that four or five years of college was drinking, not taking anything really serious. And of course, running away from this pain that I was actually unaware of at the time. So the alcohol was then replaced with porn. And the porn, again, was something that was very secretive, something that I certainly overindulged in for a period of time until it became an, an addiction. It certainly became an addiction. Whether you want to call porn an addiction or not, it's, it, it's definitely an addiction. And I can tell you for a fact, it can be very addictive. Fast forward to the time when I was made redundant from that position, losing my way, feeling inadequate, feeling like I had no worth in the world because I wasn't working. Again, a very uncomfortable place for me to be. And this is all throughout the process where I hadn't actually dealt with the pain of the accident. So I had all of these things accumulating. Porn is my escapism. I'd go there. I'd go somewhere else. I wouldn't be in touch with reality. I'd be indulging in fantasy. So it became an addiction. It became my safe space, perhaps for a period of time. And things started to change a small bit when I reached out to the counselor started talking about the accident and I don't remember any of those meetings I don't know why I don't remember any of those meetings that I had with her this this was over the course of a year the only the only part I remember from that whole experience is her question to me this was towards the end of our of our meetings it was after about a year and a half and she asked me because this was the, the biggest struggle that I had was the self-hatred and the lack of forgiveness. She asked me, okay, you knew this woman that you killed, you know, you're, you got on quite well together. She liked you. You liked her. If she could speak to you today, would she forgive you for what you done? Would she forgive you for the accident? It took me some time to answer that. And on reflection, I think I, gave her the answer that maybe I thought I should have said, or maybe I thought that she wanted to hear. I did tell her that, yeah, I think she would forgive me. Did I fully believe that? No. So at the time saying it did give me a sense of relief because I wanted to believe it. And our sessions finished shortly after that because she felt like the work was done. I also felt, Again, a sense of relief that I'd, I'd forgiven myself because she would forgive me. And at the same time, we left there. I, I certainly did feel better for a period of time, but the porn was still a thing and escaping into that was, was still very prevalent in my life. All the while I was building this personal training business, like on the, on the outside, things were going really well. Have a book full of clients, working really hard. I went from working zero hours to work on 60 hours a week went from one extreme to the other again this was also on reflection escaping filling my all, all my spaces so i don't have any time of nothingness or any any time of um, being alone i could fill up filled up with work i could fill up with porn i can fill it up with my training i can fill up with all these things so i have no opportunity to be there on my own to allow feelings or emotions to come up. And this is something that a lot of men I feel need to do is spend more time on your own because that's where your answers are in terms of if you're feeling any lack of worth or if you're feeling uncomfortable within yourself or you're feeling like you're just empty or suffering or you're stuck. It's like go off on your own and whatever whatever's going on, it'll come to the surface and explore that then. Don't judge it. Don't push it down. Explore it. Okay, what's this associated to? What's this linked to? How can I 
deal with this now. Write about it, talk about it. So I understood the work wasn't done because I was still doing those sort of things. I certainly came to the conclusion that I had not forgiven myself for what happened because some years later, only actually, it's only a couple of years ago, I bumped into her son who was in the car on the day of the accident. He was three years old and thankfully he was, he was okay. Uh, and this is 15, 15 years later, 15, 16 years later, I bumped into him on a, on a golf course. Didn't actually bump into him because I didn't want to get too near to him. So, But I seen him on the golf course. He seen me. I could feel him looking at me. I knew he knew who I was. And he most likely knew that I knew who he was because he's got, he looks quite similar to her. And of course, I I had looked him up to see how he was doing because I often thought of him. But I couldn't bring myself at that moment to look him in the eyes. And I could feel his eyes looking at me. Um, and I understood at that point that my work was not done. I had not fully forgiven myself. And this is still something I need to need to work on. Um, so at that point, I, I, I reached out to a psychologist and I said, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I'm not, th- this is not finished here. And that's a conclusion I've come to over the last few years is this work is never done. And I've accepted that now. And I have a daily routine, a very, very consistent, rigid routine that I stick to on a daily basis, which allows me to deal with whatever emotions or feelings are coming up in that moment. And there are certain times of the year where those feelings and emotions associated with the car accident are a bit more prevalent, especially around the time of year where it happened, September. So I've got the strategies and tools now to work with it. And it's not about living a, a struggle-free life or a problem-free life. As you know, it's about having the tools and strategies to be able to deal with the barriers that come up in your way, which of course is very important for people to know. The work is never done. And so that was a very significant experience that changed the course of my life. And when you talk about being masculine, I certainly do not see myself as I don't think I've ever really seen myself as a masculine man. I think I've been someone who's been running away from the pain. Been I've been afraid of being on my own. I've been using distractions and I've been using certain methods to escape from the problems of my reality. I don't see those as masculine traits. I think a masculine trait is that you stop, you turn around and you face your pain, you face your fear and you you feel it you keep on going, you keep on walking and you take ownership of it instead of it taking ownership over you. So of course, over the last few years, I've been, I've been changing my approach when it comes to difficulties in my life and you're still with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, I'm like, this is such a, so amazing. Everything that you shared. And uh, a lot of people here are, are definitely sharing comments with me on my end, which you're not able to see. Um, I just, I really hope there's not an echo on this recording because people are still telling me it's echoing. I don't know. I'm going to let it be what it is, but I actually want to say there are a couple of things that came up to me just like actually before I even started this. Um, I had, while I was like getting ready for this, I had this sort of, uh, I had like, you know, I get, I get downloads, right? And hopefully it's, it's echo still it's in your headphones. I, I don't hear it in my headphones, but when I take this off, I hear it. So hopefully everything's okay. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hello people. A lot of other psychic mediums, uh, joining right now in, in the UK, which is fantastic. But you know, what's interesting is you've had a past life actually as like a, a Roman gladiator. It is part of the reason why you have this fierce desire to train your body and be ready. Um, But it's interesting because this life here, you are like this emotional warrior because the battle is an interior. It's like an, it's an inside battle that you're fighting, but you're meant to publicly share this. So that's why I think the, the Roman gladiator at times, depending on, you know, who you pissed off, sometimes you were thrown into like the Colosseum 
to fight against creatures and, and monsters that they drug back from around the world. You know, the Roman Empire was huge back in the day. You are meant to be a public figure that is working through these challenges because a lot of what, you know, we don't really have wars the same way that we used to. And uh, there has been this progression and this evolution of um, consciousness. And so the thing that's come through here, particularly with you being so vulnerable and I, me seeing the strength in your ability to be vulnerable is speaking to me on this, this concept of you being a, an emotional warrior. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. And I want to say that your ability to communicate and to be an authority and, and how you own this experience that has unfolded in your life, which has actually been fuel for your life, um, is, is intentional. This was guided for you to be able to step into a public arena, to be able to help support people who are in the midst of their own personal battles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also, for some reason, saw some posts about how perhaps before this happened, you had been slightly bullied, um, right? When you were in younger, when you were younger, it's yeah. like just one of the posts that I happened to land on when I was doing a, the 3000 scroll. And, um, and I always think, you know, there's a purpose why I was supposed to land on a post like that, because I could have stopped on any post. And even the way that you were emotionally challenged as a child was meant to be the the instigator for the purpose of your life a couple other things that came through to me is this uh, denial of pleasure to yourself um i don't i think you really deny pleasure in your life and sometimes that leads to you actually working out too much all right you're like overtraining, which is a very masculine trait so I think that like one of the things that I would share with you that I started to bring through as you were speaking is that it's okay to not put yourself in jail and self-punish. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I, and, and, you know, um, I think also too, like, it's interesting to talk about like pornography. There is, a, there is a very real thing when it comes to like the addiction to pornography. Um, but I feel like in some ways that like, you're even being super harsh on yourself for what you went through in those early years. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, there's a lot in that. Thanks for sharing it with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the, the denial of pleasure is, is certainly, you've certainly, hit the nail on the head there because even throughout my childhood, there was a sense of shame around pleasure, around happiness. And mm -hmm. I do, I do recall now I've done a lot of work on myself. I've, I've dug really deep and I've tried to understand the dynamics of what may be the person I am today. And I reflect back on times when I was at home with my parents I would be a completely different person in front of my mom and in front of my dad who you'd see in front of the Gavin you'd see in front of them would not be the Gavin you would see in front of my friends or even in front of myself in certain situations. And it's not that I was like, I didn't express myself at all in front of my parents. I didn't express my anger, didn't express my happiness, didn't express my sadness. I was very um, cold and very uh, distant with them and there was a sense of shame around my feelings and emotions something happened there i don't know i don't know what happened something happened there in my very early childhood that that, that created this of course haven't been able to find that yet but something happened so i had a very yeah shame was was a was a massive thing in my life and because i wasn't able to or because i didn't feel safe to express myself in front of them happiness sadness whatever it is even happiness and, and joy, I would leave the kitchen, let's say, that they were in and lock my bedroom door, turn on Queen or Guns N' Roses or one of those bands, Blink-182, went through all the phases, um, anything that was rock, 
turn it up and I'd go, I'd go fucking wild in my bedroom, you know, and dancing and singing and whatever else. That was all done behind a locked door in isolation in loneliness with no one else watching. And I do believe that transferred then into porn. Very secretive. It's something you do in isolation, something you do alone, something as well that has a lot of shame linked to it. And again, the shame as well being being attached to, to sex. I had a lot of shame around sex, grew up in a Catholic family. Not that it was openly spoken about that sex is a bad thing or anything else, but there was most likely underlying messages there that I picked up over the period of time that it's, 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 it's wrong to enjoy yourself or it's wrong to pleasurize yourself or it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage or whatever it is, whatever these hidden messages were that I uh, had absorbed over the period of time. My grandmother was very religious. The first three years of my life, I was living next door to my grandmother and my aunties. And I had a massive family around me over those years. But this family as well being quite heavily influenced by Catholicism and by the beliefs and the judgments and the fear that's associated to that. So yeah, a lot of shame from the beginning. And actually my auntie is someone that that pushed against it. She was like the rebel in the family and me and her had a really close relationship. And I looked up to her and, and I was almost in awe of the freedom and that, that she had in terms of expressing herself. My auntie had a had a birthmark on her on her face. So she basically got away with everything because she went through a hard time with that. And she would be cursing in the family home. Like this is a this is my grandmother's house and a very strict Catholic house where everybody's like, you know, so rigid and so so um strict and and so reserved. And my auntie would flip off and she would curse and she would just freely express herself. And I was like, wow. And she was actually able to be her true authentic self in that situation. And I think in a way. In my journey, I've tried to do the same. I've tried to go against the grain. A lot of my posts, a lot of the content I do, a lot of the work I do right now, it's going against the grain. It's going against the status quo. So there's a bit of that rebellious nature in me. What, but what part, sorry to interrupt, but what part goes against the status quo? Do you feel? Well, I speak a lot about things that, would not be predominantly believed by people in society. You know, toxic masculinity, for one, that's a more recent one. I talk a lot about um, the, the struggles or the, or the difficulties with, with porn. And, and I don't talk, I don't believe I talk about like the surface level stuff in terms of, and I did that for a period of time in terms of, let's talk about macros, let's talk about protein, let's talk about fitness. No, I want to go deeper. And I want to, like, whatever you're too scared to talk about, I'm going to talk about it for you. So, <clears throat> so, and again, going back to, going back to the video actually that I posted some time ago around COVID and isolation, that's a clear example of this in terms of everyone is so uptight about, and look, whatever you want to believe, you want to believe, but I had I had different beliefs about what was happening with, with that whole situation. We won't get too far into it, but what happened here in Ireland was it got to the point where people needed vaccine passports to go to the gym. And of course, I was a regular gym goer. I wasn't vaccinated. Don't, let's not have an argument about it. I'm not going to go anywhere there. No, no, I'm not arguing with you. We're yeah, good. Someone else will, and some and many others have tried to. I don't entertain it. So anyway, I wasn't vaccinated. I knew of a lot of other people who weren't vaccinated. A lot of my followers are not vaccinated. So what I started to see then was these men DMing me, saying, "Oh man, like I, I was in such a bad place over the last few months, and I was starting to get back to the gym, starting to get back to routine." great to be back in there because what happened was we were going to the gym on a regular basis and all of a sudden they threw this vaccine passport at us and said no you can't go now you need the vaccine passport before you before you can go to the gym and i got a lot of these dms from from men who were then beginning to struggle again because they didn't have their outlet to go to 
And I said, fuck this. So I put out a video there and I, I simply spoke my mind about my how I seen it, that the government have had their priorities all mixed up, that the gym is somewhere where you go to improve your mental health and improve your physical health. And now they're asking us to get vaccinated before we can go there. Some people have made a choice not to get vaccinated and others, and those people made a choice to get vaccinated, have also made a choice to improve their mental and physical health. The gym, as you know, if you, if you train and you work out, you know, it's not just about your physical health, but the mental health, it's about the community. And now we're being forced back into this isolated environment. So I literally spoke my mind there for a two or three minute video and it absolutely exploded. And of course, I get the pushback, I get the negative comments, I get the arguments, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, I got a lot of positivity too. And people were really happy that I had actually spoken about this. And, I, and this is a clear example of what I'm saying here in terms of, yeah, you wanted to say that, but you didn't have the balls or the courage to say it because of what someone else may think or say. So I'll say it for you. So this is what I've been trying to do. Because I understand that a lot of men struggle to fully express their truth. So by me express, expressing my truth and how I see it, as I truly see it from my perspective, it encourages them then to open up and to be more expressive and to live their life in, in line with their truth and their values. So it's a way to encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I, this is so random. Can I go random? <laughs> what do you like to do for fun these days? <laughs> <laughs> work, work and work out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you're testing, I just want to know. Yeah. You're testing me now. You're testing me now. Uh, yeah. That's something I've been trying to improve is just switching off sometimes and i went i've actually gone to the process of hiring some uh, virtual assistants for my work so i can do a bit less there and delegate more to others which frees up time for me to do more work <laughs> so uh yeah exactly i just want you to know i have so many comments right now okay. that are saying that this man is an inspiration uh, a lot of people too are like, are also, there's been some interesting comments here. I just want to share with you really quick. One is that back when this accident happened in your life, the experience could definitely be, you know, I'm not a medical professional or, you know, I'm not a physician or a psychologist, so I can't, uh, you know, issue labels and all that kind of good stuff. But there are people here who are actually therapists and it sounds to me, you know, obviously like this was a case of PTSD. And if you go back to when this occurred, uh, people didn't know like PTSD as like, like a label, like it just knowing what PTSD, just even consciousness around this didn't happen until the eighties. Like, well, at least the American like psychologist association did not even identify PTSD as a condition until the eighties. Yeah. Right. And now we hear this word trauma all the time and we understand PTSD and we understand CPT. SD. Did I get it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and you were in a culture at that time that also didn't understand how, you know, just the, the emotional intelligence around that wasn't, um, people didn't know what to do. It wasn't available to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what year was that? The car accident happened in 2003. Yeah. 2003. I mean, it's like people were still trying to figure out Oprah. Yeah. Like, you know, she, you know what I mean? And that, and I attribute Oprah to being sort of a, like, thought this a thought leader somebody who brought spirituality and different modalities of healing and also brought forth psychologists to help people deal with the situations that show up in their life mm -hmm. and um and i'm sure it sounds to me like you've done a lot of this work to be able to bring um healing to your life but i think you need to play more you need to play my friend what do you like i like i want you to play <laughs> i want you to play yeah I, I, I get that a lot. Some of my close friends would, would, would say the same. Yeah. And they, uh, they'd be like, yeah, call you out for it. <laughs> yeah. And again, I've been, I've been making more of a conscious effort. Uh, like last week I went to Manchester, um, Manchester in the UK 
to go to Kings and Liam gig. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was playing. Amazing. Before that, I went to a Guns N' Roses concert. Oh, I was yeah, playing. that's right. I saw that. Yeah, that's good. Course. Entangled in all this, there is work. Like, I went to Manchester. I had the laptop with me. So, from, like, early morning till 2 p.m. on the Tuesday before the gig, 2 or 3 p.m., I was working. So, work is always something that's that's there and again i'm 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 working on it i'm working on work i'm working on not working so yeah and i and i'm saying yes to more of these opportunities for play for socializing for example i've been invited to five or six weddings this year and i said yes to all of them yeah <laughs> if you'd have asked me to a wedding two years ago i'd have said no no, I've got I've got something else I need to do. And okay, maybe there were certain people there that I didn't want to be associated with, but I'm getting over that now. It's like, look, forget about that. Go have fun. And you're gonna potentially meet new friends and have a great experience. So I'm making a conscious effort to say yes to more opportunities for playing fun. So this is something I'm working on, of course. I'm working on working on playing more. However, it's this is also it, it is a struggle for sure because as I said to you earlier, my dad was a workaholic. Um, I was, the work was really high on the, on the value ladder for me from a very young age. Mm. I was working in my dad's, I was working from 12 years old. I was working in my dad's pub. He eventually bought the, he bought the pub at 13 or 14 years of age. And I was there every single weekend. Mm. And yeah, so work has always been a thing. And I think, yeah, work has been associated with my esteem. I so, was going to say, yeah, I was waiting for you to say that because I was like, yeah, you, it, work is really a validation. But I, I think that there's a way for you to understand. I mean, you are a beast of a content maker. Like you're you're a beast. <laughs> Just so you know. Yourself, hey, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you like, you know, I don't, I think at this point it is, it's like a habit that's just built into your mind, body, and soul that you don't have to worry about failing. Does that make sense? You don't have to worry about it. It's just naturally going to happen. So you can start to just get into greater ease and just understand this is sort of you tapping more into divine feminine energy where you can just get into a flow because you're, you're very much in that, the divine, like masculine energy where you're very structured and priorities and it's to-do lists and it's like everything that you need to get done in a, in a do you use to-do lists? I have a Google calendar that I would use. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So something to structure your day, um, giving your, do you ever schedule downtime? No. <laughs> <laughs> Of course not. Of course not. Well, I encourage you to experiment this week coming up to maybe uh, give yourself like a block of time where you actually schedule doing nothing. And you might panic at first and feel like it's a waste of time. But um, but this is an opportunity for you to actually give yourself pleasure. Okay. And this is like, like, I don't like, I know it sounds like a lot of people's minds will go dirty when I say that. And and it could be that if that's what you want to do. Right. (laughs) But like tapping back into the senses of enjoying your life, right? Like, um, understanding how amazing it is to watch a sunset or to watch a sunrise, like getting back into vision, getting into audio. So you're somebody who's very much like loves music. Maybe it's like time for you to like, I don't know, maybe like, maybe you want to learn to play in a musical instrument. Although I don't get that vibe from you. I don't know. Um, but like maybe listening to music or like, I don't like, I don't know. So something like getting, getting back into the taste of food, like mm-hmm. maybe taking time to like, cause you do like to cook. I mean, I watched some of this, or I looked at some of your early Instagram posts and you were like, you're baking bread. Like, you were like yeah. I was like, back, like your, your broccoli in, soup back, looked amazing. That, that's like back in 2013 where I wasn't working as much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 When's the yeah, last time you got in the kitchen and enjoyed making something? Yeah. Um, don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm telling you to cook now. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me, tell me. Yeah. And again, I know all this and I'm aware of it. And yeah, I am making a bit more of a conscious decision to, to take some time out yeah. and understand, and I understand, 
yeah, okay, work is high my, on my value ladder as such, but I understand how this will also have a positive impact on work. If you can work less, you can actually work more efficiently and more effectively and become more creative what's making that space in your life. Right. Yeah. Did I, I will. Did I, did I just use my, my, my downtime to, to, <laughs> to do more work? Yeah. <laughs> I did. You did. Now I want to, I just want to share with you. I love watching the queen, you know, I'm, I'm American, even though I'm living in Canada and I love watching the queen off Netflix and there is a, not, this is not really a spoiler alert. So don't worry people. If you, if you're watching it for some reason, I just want to say there was this moment where Margaret Thatcher sees the queen jump into one of her like Range Rovers and take off to go like hunting with the dogs or whatever. Okay. And she, Margaret Thatcher was like outraged. Like, how could you do this? The country's getting ready to explode and you're taking off for a weekend. And uh, she had already left. The queen had already left. The sister turned to Margaret Thatcher and looked at her and she's like, the reason why we have downtime is so that we can gain perspective. And so that we are able to understand how to navigate moving forward. And so I just want to say that that is like a, a super powerful piece on helping you be able to step into, I don't know. So sorry. Do you hear that? <laughs> How is that coming through? Is that me or you? No, I, I don't hear it. I don't hear anything. No. Oh, you don't? Okay. Sorry. It's like somebody is uh, actually, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm not perfect around here and I'm good on that. This is not this. My podcast is not the Joe Rogan podcast where it's like professionals and all these screens. I'm, I'm good with being you, as you can see, a little bit low tech here. I'm, I'm learning as I go, which I'm is right. great. Yeah. So I just want to say, do you want to play right now? You want me to give you a tarot reading? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I've, I've got an open mind. Yeah. I don't know how to kill the echo. I think it's because you have headphones on. All right. Here. I took the headphones off. Is that better? Oh my God. Oh, it's definitely an echo route one. Okay. There is an echo. See, I took the headphones off and there's still an echo. Is, is there an echo now? Maybe it's coming from my I hear uh, an echo. No, it's because he doesn't. Yeah. People are saying darkness doesn't last forever, but going through all of it transfers into something beautiful. I love it. People are like, yeah, there's still an echo. Okay, so this is fantastic because I'm going to put my headphones back on. Ah, there's some beautiful cards that have already come out for you. I'm so excited. I'm like, listen, there's getting ready to be like more blessings coming into your life right now. Okay, so you, I want you to see that like, you know, do you, what do you think about manifestation and like law of attraction? Yeah, I believe in that. Yeah, you do. Right. Okay. So fantastic. Because part of the reason why, like I'm harping a bit on the, like ne you needing to have fun is also, okay. If we just get into basic manifestation, ask, believe, receive. And the piece of the equation that I think you deny is the receiving. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that you don't have to work for love. You don't have to work to prove yourself, you know, these are things you probably already know, but allowing yourself to be more open and receptive to gifts that come to you, I think is something that can be challenging. If something just shows up and it seems too good to be true, you might be suspicious. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. I would yeah. most likely have my defenses up. Yeah, you would. Okay. Well, you know, a little bit you should, right. You know, if somebody's like, Hey, I, I want to give you, you know, a hundred pieces of Bitcoin or whatever, you know, you're like, uh, yeah. what's going on here? This yeah. does sound like a scam. Right. But like, also just understand that the universe is getting ready to bring in, like, I think bet more financial, uh, more fi the, the universe wants to give you more financial, like abundance in your life, as well as like stepping into a greater emotional, receptivity. I, I like, cause I have the page of pentacles and I have the page of cups, which is, this is going to be that there's news headed your way regarding finances and emotions. Okay. Now that could also be in regards to love. It could be in regards to family. It could be good blessings coming your way for, yeah, for, I think for, for love and money. Okay. For a really simple way to put it. And then I pulled this card to you, which is like the 10 of cups. I don't know if you know anything about tarot, but this is like, you just literally, this is the best card out, out of the entire tarot deck. This is about you stepping into that happily ever after. This is about you having a very happy, satisfied family. This is about emotional fulfillment, financial success. You see rainbows, 
um, you see a, a very stable home and you see people here. Like I, I, that probably is like too much for you to believe, but I just, I just want you to see that there's a lot of blessings that are coming your way, but let me keep going here. I mean, I hate to keep going. There is something that aches at your heart that you're still unable to let go of. Okay. So I, I often think that that could be like, uh, are you, are you single or taken? At the moment I am taken. You are taken. Okay. Uh, so maybe this is a regarding this whole conversation, these pieces that are unable to walk away from the past, but I think at a certain point, you really need to step greater into the piece of forgiving yourself, uh, for, you know, regrets that you have in your life, just, just forgiving yourself and, and allowing yourself to receive more pleasure, more abundance, more love, more joy in your life. And also, you know, that, that's why I'm kind of like pressing down on you in terms of like, I think it's really important for you to play and have fun. It'll give you an entirely new perspective and it will impact your legacy in a way that helps other people understand the importance of play. And, um, yeah. So let me see what else is coming out here. I just, uh, I also think it's important too, because it's funny, like, you know, when I started looking at your content, I saw a lot of content that was about relationships and how people are showing up for one another. And, uh, and I know that you talk about to toxic masculinity and just not, uh, not appreciating the label of that word because it demasculates men in a way. Um, and I, I just want to say that like, when you're in a place of playing, it's like you're in a place of love. And when you're in a place of love, that means you step away from fear. And I believe that fear is what contributes to people being out of balance that could lead to labels and like toxic max masculinity. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that kind of make sense? Does okay. that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fully engrossed yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. For fully, right? Yeah. So you had been in a position of being a martyr, right? Which is kind of like the story that you've shared with me this whole time. You put your, you've put yourself as a martyr. You've, uh, you have carried an unnecessary cross. Sorry for the religious. Uh, I don't know what a better way to, to put it, but like, you don't need to carry that anymore. You can, you can allow that to be released. And the beautiful thing is, is that you're in the process of doing that. And I think that the more that you start to realize that there was purpose, that there was even a gift in tragedy, right. Was to go on and impact, like, you know, I would say like, you know, thousands of, of people's hearts. This is what you do. You offer up these words of encouragement that enable people to step up and, and really get back to uh, creating lives that they enjoy. So the more that you allow yourself to stop playing the role of the martyr, the, the more that your perspective changes, the more that you're going to help yourself experience this 10 of cups moment, this happy ender happy, happy, uh, happy ever after kind of moment, by the way, this also talks about maybe an incoming marriage for you. So you might be going to a lot of weddings, but there could be possibly a, this could be a very good connection that you're in right now. I'm not, I'm just saying maybe always up to you. Okay. We don't, you don't have to give your cards away. I'm the one holding the cards here. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to say it shows a lot of positive flow happening in your life. Um, Sorry, I'm just listening a little bit more. Hmm. Let me see if there's anything else. Yeah, be kind to yourself. Yep, you need to be kind to yourself because you are still riding yourself too hard. Okay, here's the nine of cups, which is a card about you being proud of your accomplishments. I don't think you celebrate your accomplishments enough. You don't. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> why look at you. I like, I, I think that's why it was intriguing for me to start my day by scrolling through 3000 posts. There are not many people. Okay. Uh, on Instagram that literally have over 3000 posts, let alone content on other platforms. Okay. You are like, you can, I just want you to know it's okay to relax and that you don't have to effort so hard you will naturally accomplish the things that are part of the destiny, part of the soul blueprint for your life. So what if you were to just stop efforting? Because, you know, if you imagine effort is like carrying a boulder on your shoulders, right? And you can only go so far. And then you're like, oh my God, I really have to take a break. And then you take it and you throw it down, right? 
But what if I were to tell you, instead of carrying whatever these burdens are, you know, whatever your, your goals are for your business, whatever is your hope for this life? What if you, what if I were to tell you to just drop that and be in an energy of play because you'll naturally get everything already done. So this gets you into this manifestation law of attraction place of ease Mm -hmm. where you just are able to receive the gifts that the universe is working to bring into your life. Now I'm not telling you if you just suddenly let go of like habits that like you will avoid challenge in your life. There will always be challenges. There will always be challenges, but when you choose to take inspired actions that really delight and excite you and got you waking up in the morning and be like, I can't even believe this is my life. It's effortless and it feels better and it's more joy. And that will change the way that you make content that will change your life. And that will change your ability to experience pleasure, mind, body, and soul. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. I should be taking notes there. <laughs> it's okay. We got my, a podcast. My, it might be echoey, but here we are. <laughs> my new to do, my new to do list. <laughs> yeah. You're, so I want you to put it at the top of the to do list. Time to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, let's go play. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah and, and again, yeah, I, I've been, I've been told that before and I've, and I, and I tell it to myself, but I haven't obviously had it. Uh, had had such detail on it and the vast opportunities that that it offers for not just business but life and personal yeah, yeah. growth and everything else so it, it's uh it's something i've all of something i've often struggled with and the, the self-compassion is something i've often struggled with and that's been for me at this point has been the final piece of the puzzle perhaps not that I've not that I'm going to be complete or everything's going to be okay after that, but the self-compassion piece is 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 the final piece, I believe, and that's where forgiveness is found, and that's where take some time out for myself is found, and play and pleasure is found. Yeah, when we see when you step into that energy of like play and pleasure and joy, you will naturally this will this will perhaps be the way for you to break through to the next tier in your ability to communicate. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like, you're just in this, it, it, because when you're living that life of joy, I mean, you just naturally attract more opportunities. You know how people get mad at those that are just like, literally just <laughs> like experiencing like dumb luck. Like that person's just, all they do is a goof off. And then, you know, it's like, let's say some of these Twitch people, they sit there and they game. Like I actually, my personal trainer sister is a Twitch uh, streamer. And she like her, her day actually starts at like 10 PM at night and she gets on in games. She plays games and she's literally crushing it on Twitter. One of the like higher up Twitter or not Twitter, what's it? Twitch people saw how much fun she has making her videos and how it's like, like, it's just such a good vibe gave her $15,000 for no reason other than to just feel more financial safety to just make more content. And, you know, and my personal trainer was like, I can't even believe it. He just literally gave her $15,000 for no reason, <laughs> just to stay on Twitch and have fun. Well, for a reason. Yeah. But it's, it is for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is for a reason. Uh, and it's to help her growth, to help mm-hmm. encourage her on the path that she's on. So, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny too, cause I thought we would be talking about relationships cause I see, you know, people like the rational male following you and yeah. yeah. And, you know, and getting into that whole talk of like alpha beta simp, all that sort of stuff. And this conversation here was way more enjoyable for me, seeing you just step into this place of accountability and really just being vulnerable and the strength and you being that emotional warrior that you are was just, um, I mean, phenomenal. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. Well, um, I want to thank you for offering me the space to, to do this and for your, <laughs> your kind words and readings and insights. Yeah. I really appreciate that too. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Sorry for the technical issues. Uh, hopefully I get an audio track here so I can send it out to Spotify and Apple podcasts. Yeah. Where can we find you? You find me everywhere. <laughs> that, that, that we can know we can be send me up. everywhere it's uh Ga- gavin meaning everywhere gavin meaning on my whatever is on my tiktok there 
that same name will be found on all the other social media platforms. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's found everywhere. It, it's Gavin Mean on Instagram, GavinMean.com, Gavin Meenan on Facebook, Gavin Meenan on TikTok, Twitter. Don't use Twitter all that much, but yeah. So all those, all those areas. We don't need Twitter because we've got notes on Instagram now. What a great feature. That's Have you seen it? Notes on Instagram. No, yes. I haven't seen that actually. Ridiculous. The Instagram just became a uh, like Twitter and oh, it yeah? has. So when you go into the DM in North America, it actually like the first thing, instead of seeing your list of DMS, primary general, right. Uh, it actually has notes which go out to everybody that follow you. Oh, cool. It's the weirdest thing. So I put a note there. I'm like, join me live on TikTok uh, to hang with, with Gavin, right? Nice one. And uh, so it's ridiculous. So it's just like, you know, another feature that nobody asks for on Instagram. Oh, joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were trying to be trying to be TikTok. Now they're trying to be Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were worried, I guess, because I don't know what's going on with Elon Musk buying Twitter and all that. But um, but I just want to say thank you for inspiring people um, on how to to really just own the the hardships, the tragedies, the challenges in life. I know that the way that you spoke today has inspired other people to feel courageous in how to manage through their shame you know, and to understand that, like, you don't need to put yourself in prison, that you really do have a right to experience love and joy and abundance. And, um, and I'm really excited to see how you're going to start growing. I mean, it's been amazing to see what you've done this far, but just thank you again for joining me here. Uh, everybody just, uh, check out Gavin, if you can, uh, thank you for hanging with me and I will catch everybody in the next podcast. Cheers. Thank you.